0: Speaking of Reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Schenkelberg.
1: And this is Greg Hutchins. Hey,
0: Greg. I had a chuckle out of your email (laughs) earlier this week. When you, you you sent me something that uh, I think it was one of our previous podcasts that you shared with a handful of folks and they somebody responded that they shared it out with a bunch of people but apparently spelled my name as Shackelford Ford <laughs> or something like that and it's one of of many dozens of ways I've heard my name all the way including um, the office and my at junior high calling into the classroom, you know, Mrs. Jones, would you have the boy with the long last name come down to the office? <laughs> that must be me. <laughs> <laughs> so that doesn't, doesn't really offend me too much. But um, when we were chatting just before we hit record here, we were talking about um, just general realities around networking. And I think it's been a challenge for people over the last couple of years with conferences, not being held more virtual events being held. Even now there's more and more hybrid events where, you know, half the audience or more is not going to be live in the, in the room, um, uh, way more running meetings remotely. A lot of more people working remotely. Um, you know, here where I live, I've actually mm-hmm. done what I would call networking, uh, or maybe the right word is, you know, create a circle of friends, um, colleagues by just in the neighborhood chatting to other people and, oh, what do you guys work on? And I remember last year I met one woman that worked at LinkedIn and she was a taxonomist. <laughs> she organized information and I was like, ah oh, we need to talk. <laughs> and she helped me figure out some of the stuff that I'm building into the structure of the website. Now, is, would that fit as what you call networking?
1: That's a good question. Um networking, you know, what is networking at the end of the day? So a couple of things come to mind. One, it could be influencing. You're you're an influencer. Interestingly, there was a survey done of uh, Gen Z uh folks, and influencing was the number one career choice.
0: Oh, but that's on on Instagram or, or YouTube, isn't it? Or TikTok is that you have 100,000 followers and you get paid for telling people what kind of mascara to use.
1: Is that the kind of influencer you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's one type of influencing, but that's also a form of networking. Just, okay. Yeah, that's and it's, true. It's a one way. Basically, the influencer, by definition, goes out there and pronounces something that is really great. And all of a sudden, 50, 100, 2,000 people buy it.
0: Well, wasn't that the uh, Oprah's business model? I'm gonna review this book. Um and it and I think she initially started doing that because she thought these, you know, Bill Gates was and Buffett were saying, Here's some good books to read. So she said, Here's some good books to read and I really like this novel. And for and then found out all of a sudden it becomes the international bestseller because she mentioned it. And now it became a competition to get on her show because her influence with her audience, I don't, I wouldn't call that a network. I would call that an audience. was so influential that she could sell thousands and thousands of books by mentioning something.
1: So what is networking at the end of the day? Is it an exchange of, is it uh, an exchange of ideas, an exchange of thoughts? Is it one way? Is it two way? Uh, what's the benefit? Is there a, you know, I say something, you add something and then the listener hopefully gets an aha moment, you know, uh, you know, uh. Well, there's,
0: there's some of that, but I, I think what, way back when, mm-hmm. um, when I first started working with Dick Moss at Hewlett Packard and he was the, the corporate quality manager at the time in the quality department, the corporate quality department was him and Ed <laughs> uh, HP didn't have a huge central machine running anything as I think finance was the most populated piece at corporate. And that was about it. Uh, the R and D group, uh, the labs was well populated. Um, but it, so, uh, uh, Dick was going to retire and I was picking up some of the reliability activities that were corporate ish things that we needed to do. Like our, our, Think of it as like style manual, but design manuals that we used to help teams create reliable products. So I was picking that up. And that relationship with him was much more of a coach and and, or mentor and mentee, right? He Mm -hmm. was teaching me a lot and explaining things and so on. So one of the things he taught me about, which I think is the closest definition that i I really think is right for networking is that he created a, a early when email became available and it was just inside the company. It wasn't an internet email, but eventually it became internet, but we had an internal email system mm-hmm. and, and he created a, it was a list serve. And I'm sure you know what those are. It's basically just a, a list of emails that if you send a message to that server, it will send it out to everybody on that list.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and, beauty of it was it's not like a MailChimp account where I have to create the message and I can broadcast it out to that audience, right? And they can reply if they want or not, but the intent is, is to broadcast messages. Whereas the listserv was anybody, if you set it up with those the particular permissions, anybody on the list could post something to the entire list. And so the what he created was a site. A, uh, a server or a, a list that was—if you've got a question related to reliability or quality—or de- it was called the Design for Reliability list (DFR list). He says, if you got a question, there's—you know—there's a couple thousand people on this list from all over the company, in all kinds of different roles and positions, and so on, that are interested in making better products, and and you could ask the five people that work around you. Or you could ask 2,000 people with one email and probably within a couple of hours get a bunch of really good answers to, to consider and then you could follow up with them uh, directly to get details. And there were on the order, at one time I was keeping track, they were on the order of like 10 or 15 requests per week. And, and so I fi- I, my boss asked me, so what's the use of this? Why are you doing, spending time making sure people get answers or, or helping a- attract more people to join the list? He says, let's look at just the requests last week
2: mm-hmm, and mm-hmm.
0: how much money they saved. Now, most of these problems, these people could solve themselves in their own team. Right? The mm-hmm. vast majority of them have been solved already in multiple very effective ways. And now they just shortcut that two weeks of effort to solve a problem down to two hours, right? So an engineer's time is worth X amount of dollars and it would have taken them, to, you know, 60 hours to do it. I multiply that out and I had 10 of those requests last week, 10 times that two weeks of engineering time per, you know, and pretty quickly I was up into some serious numbers and he goes, okay, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> 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 but the, the, effort of the networking was to allow people to um, learn from each other. It was the purpose of the networking. The networking structure could be centrally controlled. It could be diversely controlled. It could be, you know, all for all and all for one, kind of like this list was. Um, It can take many different shapes and sizes, uh, but it's, it's, the opposite of going to a conference and collecting a bunch of business cards. And I know some of our audience don't know what a business card is, but- What's it? (laughs) (laughs) Email addresses or or Zoom addresses or something like that. But I think it's not how many connections you have, it's how, um, if I ask, like Greg, if I ask you a question, um, I know I'm gonna get an answer. Because I know that if you ask me a question, you know that you'll get a response. If I, in, in, in a neighborhood, if you have a ser- local neighbors, can I borrow your lawnmower for the day? And it, it's reciprocal. If they need the hedge trimmer, they can borrow it. You know, it, it, We have a level of trust, a level of understanding, and a shared um, objective to help each other. To me, that's networking. It's not how many people you got on your email list.
1: Boy, you brought up a whole bunch of great points. So I would agree totally that I think the first efforts of networking were basically to learn more, share information, share experiences, mm-hmm. bond. But I think the basic definition of networking has changed. Why? I think social media has changed everything. Um, these networks and social media, instead of being 100, 200 people, now are 200 million to 2 billion well,
0: a lot of those networks would will show how many connections you have or how many contacts you have, and it's kind of a my network's bigger than your network kind of competition.
1: Unfortunately, you're right, and again, it goes back to what's the network for? Is it quantity versus quality? Right? Is it to share information? You know, what's the purpose of the network? Mm-hmm. Ascendo. Again, the resource for. Oh, you're just going to give me another shameless plug here. Absolutely. <laughs> and by the way, I'll take the 20 bucks and buy some cheap. No, no, no. just kidding. just <laughs> kidding. Uh, you know, Ascendo is a community of reliability experts. Uh, we try to do the same thing for uh, for risk. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these networks, <laughs> and I'll think of LinkedIn, I think they're losing value because, you know, they're becoming an echo chamber. Uh, for sort of <laughs> political ideas and political. Uh... Yeah,
0: you see that. Unfortunately, at least the, the, <laughs> the feed I get is those get shotted down pretty quick or just ignored, which I appreciate, and, um, which is appropriate in my opinion. But the, the, remember on the social networks, I heard this a few years ago, is, is you're, not, you're not the customer as the person that joined Facebook or LinkedIn. You're the product right they oh. make money by <laughs> advertising or like linkedin is i get messages regularly that say oh here's the eight jobs that might fit what you're looking for because they get I, I don't know if they get paid when a job lands or if it, or if they get paid for advertising the the job openings but linkedin has so much more potential than just being a jobs board or a resume which is commonly used as i i Your comment on engagement, I think, is much more closer to what I think they're missing.
1: It's easy to say right now, I think, what social engagement or networking can be as opposed to what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you're right. And unfortunately, we're the product. Um, And the more engagement we have, they collect more information and more information they can sell which is basically means that <laughs> we're the product. Right. There's, I think, a lot more opportunities for deeper level exchanges, you know, exchanges that deal with higher purpose, such as, you know, uh, incre- you know uh, uh, making livability or a higher issue or, you know, creating equity among people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, everything tends to become very adversarial and politicized. And I can't stand that, quite yeah, frankly. I'll yeah. just tune it out. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I agree. And or, I mean, the other track people are going is that it becomes just advertising. It's just another billboard for them to slap up their their offer. And, exactly. you know, and it's, I think it, it has so much more potential. And even if you just do a network today and you gather some emails or you, you connect with people on net on LinkedIn, it's not enough to say, hey, you might, let's connect. It's you need to follow up with some meaningful questions or get to know the other person. Because I think network becomes extremely valuable when you're presented with an issue or a problem or a challenge. And one of the things I learned a long, long time ago is that somebody's already solved this or something very similar to it, right? So, and somebody probably has thought this through more than you have in the 20 minutes that you've been presented with this issue or realized the problem. Um, A a good solid network means that of those X number of people that you have a relationship with, you know the three people to, to ask, to say, what's the right next step on this? Or what do you know about this? Or do you have any good resources on this? And... Vice versa is you need to have enough of a relationship and understanding of the people in your network that they have the same kind of knowledge of you as to what would be the good question to ask you about that you could actually help them on. Um so I think the why to do networking is so that you know these people well enough in your field, outside your field, in your hobbies, in your ne- neighborhoods, so that you know who to go to when you, you need help and that you're also willing and make it obvious to those people that you are able to help in these areas if if and possible. I, I think that's why we do it is so we can solve problems more efficiently.
1: And I think there's a different level of connection too in a network. Mm-hmm. Some problems is sort of intellectual. It's almost transactional. Mm-hmm. But I think a deeper level might be I'm suffering from this human challenge. It could be a loss of work. It could be a, a it could be cancer. It could be you know an ailment. Whatever it mm-hmm. is, I think the network you know instead of being many thousands can be even ten people that have gone through the same experience and can offer perspective, guidance, sympathy, or <laughs> advice. You know. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. No, it's um, think the term I think of is birds of a feather. Is, you know, for a bunch of, um, you know, I'm I'm in, uh, been making cheese at home for a couple of years now and learning more and more, but it's been because of my network. It's, I, the, one of the courses I took, you know, she set up a weekly uh, Zoom call where people that have previously mm-hmm. taken classes with her are invited. And there's, I don't know, on the order of a dozen of us but it's to share what works and ask questions about how do I do this or this doesn't look right or troubleshoot or, you know, but you, the point you're making is that it's the, we have a shared experience and objective it's just, and it's a group that provides support and encouragement and advice. And, and it's a, a perfect example for me of a, a network that benefits all. Um, if you show up and you participate, you will benefit. And I think the others in the group will benefit when you do. So it has this virtuous circle kind of aspect to it. Um, but I don't, I mean, we, we thought about this topic when we were first chatting today and, and it was like, mm-hmm. I think back to your point about social networks and, and audience building and the definite, the changed influencer definition and how to be successful in today's world. Um, kind of uh, altered what I'm thinking of as being a network.
1: Well, you know, you've always been cheesy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's <true>. you know, <laughs> the thing that surprised me, Fred, is I've known you for what's eight, ten years. yeah, But you shared with me your, your cheese network. And you, <laughs> literally it's fromage, making cheese. And mm-hmm. what surprised me was the depth and clarity, and personal engagement. Uh, For example, there must have been 30, 40 different comments on one of your posts on this cheese network. Mm -hmm. Very personal, very uh, (laughs) almost vision, mission, vision, calling type of connection with cheese. And that's really surprised me um, because a lot of the connections that I'm making these days, network connections, deal with uh, with people who are going through life, (laughs) life crises. Mm -hmm. And that surprises me. Again, the network's very small, could be maybe half a dozen, dozen people, but they all share that sort of deep felt commitment or trust or common challenge, you know, going through an ailment could be going through COVID, whatever it is, long COVID.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, those, those have, I mean, immense amount of value. There's no doubt about it. Now, let's bring this to a work situation because we don't only benefit from our fellow workers that are going through cancer at the same time we are. It's we're engineers and managers and, you know, leaders trying to solve problems and trying to achieve objectives for one form or another. Right. And I think that, I mean, I, years ago I was encouraged to join the uh, conference it was uh, run by a bunch of volunteers. There were like thirty or forty people that that organized, planned, organized, and put on this annual conference in in the field of reliability. And I was encouraged to join it. Mm-hmm. and And one of the selling points of what tipped me over to actually do it was not the food, and definitely not the travel, and because <laughs> we had had to cover all that yourself. It was that you would. Instantly be working shoulder to shoulder with 30 people that you probably would have never run into outside of doing this. And it's different working with somebody for a year, you know, on a, it's sometimes almost a daily basis, but often weekly basis, you know, through phone calls and emails and so on to organize and put on a a conference that you wouldn't experience otherwise. I, I met people and worked with people that were from NASA and from the auto industry and from medical industries and all kinds of different and universities. And, and so it, it was, in my mind, it was a deliberate move to really get to know people, to expand who I could call uh, to share ideas or ask questions or look for resources. It was deliberately done for networking it, with the intent that along the way, I'm going to make some really good friends and stay in touch with them for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you,
1: know? you know, bringing this back to work or the future of work, there's this big discussion going on with the great resignation and with remote work versus uh, in-person work. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, three quarters of my customers now are doing fully remote. Mm-hmm. And they're really sweating going back to work. But one of the things I was thinking about, again, this is networking. When you have people in an office and you're working together on a team, you build trust, rapport, you know, there are common stories, common challenges. Mm -hmm. You don't have that when you're doing remote work or Zooming all day long, you know?
2: Uh,
0: Yeah, it's harder. I think it can be done. I, I've seen some groups where they put uh, like a Slack channel for the coffee the coffee cooler channel, you know, or the coffee pot channel or whatever, <laughs> some break room channel. And theoretically, it's off the record. Unfortunately, I, I heard about it through a lawsuit where somebody on a Slack channel got fired for <laughs> complaining about something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not
1: good. Yeah. But again, you you know, these networks can take different forms, different shapes with different purposes. And I think they're really critical, you know, whether it's, you know, 20,000 connections that you may have on LinkedIn or 10 people that you share uh, information with on cheese. or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it's,
0: it's, it's, those network, my professional networks, um, it, you know, one of them I'm writing a book with. I met Carl at a conference, and we recognized through our each other's presentations that we had a similar approach to things. And
1: mm-hmm. then we said,
0: "Oh, we need to get together." And so we've been had done, and now uh, I have stepped out of it, but Carl has kept it going as as we do a tutorial at that conference. and and we're writing a book around the same basic concepts of what we've been talking about for years, and actually getting close to finishing that. But but it was it was, I'm at a conference, I'm there as uncomfortable as I am at doing it. I'm going to go meet people and get to know who they are. And, and then it was a very conscious decision to grow my network, to meet people in the field from different areas and industries, because I learned so much. And I could talk to Carl because he's in the auto industry and I'm in the electronics industry. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so we didn't have to talk about trade secret stuff. We talked about you know, generic stuff and problem solving and you know, prioritizing issues and all kinds of other topics that we both had experience with from different points of views. And I think sometimes the benefit of a network when it's outside your immediate circle is that they have a, a different perspective that you may not have been exposed to before. And so things like that um turn into invaluable insights in a way to learn Um, it's not, Jared, you don't build a network just to go solve all your own problems, you know, all my engineering problems. If I hand out all these issues to everybody else, they'll send me the solutions. No, it's, I don't think it's more of a learning experience, but it's also one where, you know, and I've seen it happen where people get laid off and they get immediately go to LinkedIn and tap their network going, anybody know of an opening, (laughs) you know, Uh there's also the baser, uh, uh, views of that if you ask a thousand people for what do they know you're likely to find some answers that would be good leads and good follow you can follow but there's i agree with you greg That there's there's the transactional part you know do anybody know where i, I left my wrench <laughs> you, know, mm-hmm. you ask everybody in the lab and then they, somebody might know where it is and give it to you or show it to you but if I'm trying to solve a problem, somebody will give me insights or clues or a reference or a resource that'll take me a step further in solving it. Um, but I think there's that more emotional, I'm not in this alone. And I think that's what you're getting at with the the work, the r- remote work. I don't have somebody that I can be, that I know like and trust that I can say, you know, I'm not really sure how to go about this problem. You know, that's completely off record. Because as soon as you put it on Slack, It's permanent. As soon as you mention it in a Zoom call, it's being recorded. It's permanent. And that's a a barrier to people honestly revealing their, you know, fears and and worries and secrets and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, networking, you know, implies that, you know, you're extroverted. But what happens if you're introverted or you don't know how to go out there and... (laughs) Do small talk or swap stories or. Yeah.
0: No, that's uh, very much why it was deliberate for me. I, you know, I was very happy sitting in my office working out the formulas kind of thing. And and that was my mentor at the time was like, no, go to the conference, meet 10 people, have meaningful conversations with them and follow up with them. It was a pain. It was hard <laughs> to do. <laughs> but with practice, you get better at it.
1: So quick story. My daughter was as an intern with a company and uh, her boss had a weekly meeting. There were 16 people on the call. Only two people had their cameras on. Daughter being an intern, didn't know better. And the boss, (laughs) the other 14 people had their cameras off. And of course, I think the boss was introverted because he didn't tell his subordinates or his, you know, his, uh, team. his team, you know, <laughs> to turn on the camera. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's learning, he's brand new, you know, but you know, we have a whole generation, it seems that is sort of shy. Why? Because they spend most of their time on, uh, smartphones. I mean, the classic example, there's a date, you yeah. see two people on the table. <laughs> and what they're texting they each other. Exactly. <laughs> they're texting each other. And everybody it's, else. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's sexting each other. I don't know. Well, yeah, but no, it, that's
0: no, there, there was I I don't know where I saw it. It was a, you know, this, a, a small child kind of walking through and people were on their newspapers, you know, uh-huh. the, the subway in New York and everybody gets on and opens their briefcase, and puts their newspaper in front of them. No eye contact, make no contact. No, so the smartphones is not new right oh, people no. would put the magazine in front of them and the book in front of them and the ma- you know they put the headsets on when the i you know earbuds came out kind of stuff like that they kind of i i use, i regularly would get on a plane and put my headset on and just <laughs> do my own thing and it does take effort for introverts to break through that and i think the smartphones is i don't think that's the blame i think there's just this i'm comfortable with the circle I know, and it's a risk. It's a uh, taking it to risk here for you, Greg. Is a, it's a, <laughs> you don't know how the other person's going to respond, and you don't know if they're going to chide you for interrupting them or be the best contact you've ever met. Um, you, there's a lot of risk there of how this is going to go, one way or the other. Or if it's worth my effort, or should I try or you're sitting next to somebody at a conference. There's five minutes before the presenters starts. It's a pretty low risk c- circumstance. You know, you're both there for the same reason to listen to this presenter,
1: you know? Well, let me pose a question to you. This is really sort of a, really something that bothers me. I belong to a lot of networks, but I want to get outside of my comfort zone and learn what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. So and I'm seeing this especially on LinkedIn. Um, I signed up to LinkedIn, and I've got what twenty three, twenty four thousand connections to learn from other people. Mm-hmm. But what happens is that everything in my feed based is based on what I've been listening to. And what happens is a lot of these networks become echo chambers, yeah, hearing the same thing <laughs> or the same type of information.
0: Yeah, I think part of the algorithm is that if you, you know, click through to somebody's posting an article or a link or something like that, part of the algorithm is saying, oh, you like that kind of stuff. So we'll give you more from this person or more like this. (laughs) They're trying to do a service, but I think it's contrary. They don't have a button saying, show me different things before you show me this, what I've already said I want to see. I don't, they don't have a, it's not there for us to learn something.
1: Yes, and you see that with YouTube, TikTok. Uh, Well, TikTok, interestingly, it's more open. I don't know why. They have that little random variable in there that says, oh, let's try something
0: different and see if that sticks. You know, One in 10 will try an experiment where I think other networks could learn from that. The other way to do it is go down your network, open their uh, profile, and click on a couple of things that catches your eye and you're interested in. It's a little more manual, Um, but, but then that starts to show up in your feed. It's, it's interesting how that happens.
1: So here's another thing that's happening. And we discussed this a little earlier. A lot of folks now getting into the workplace are, first of all, uh, they need more information. They need to know the rules of engagement. Mm -hmm. They need to know the basics of reliability engineering, the basics of quality, the basics of risk.
0: We used to call that show them the ropes. You know, you got a new hire, like. There's the coffee pot and there's the bathroom. Now (laughs) let's talk about, you talk to these people when you want these things, you talk to these people when you want those things. These are good at that, 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 that. that. Never talk to that guy over there. He's just evil.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're you're making a joke, but that's the way companies are, the tribes. Yeah. And are you part of the tribe or you're not? Yep. Are you a hypo, high potential, or are you, uh, you know. Cogging the wheel, you know. Exactly. Are you behind the wheel? Uh. I've been both, but so I think there's an opportunity there, especially for your platform and mine to come up with the basics again, in terms of, uh, what are the 20 questions? What are the hundred questions that somebody in reliability needs to know Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: because they're not going to associations. They're not going to, um, to meetings, uh, but companies need to have these people on board and i've had three conversations one in pm project management one in program management and one in quality mm-hmm. where you know people need people meaning gen z employees who don't particularly network well <laughs> need basic information and I think that's an opportunity for us. Anyway, something to think something about.
0: Something to think about. And I just realized we've been yammering about this for half an hour, right? <laughs> that we were okay. Yeah, and we, I'm just thinking. <laughs> and it, and it was like, oh, do we have time to talk about this, this, and I'm, We're going to have to take notes, come back to this one. But we should wrap it up. Is you know, If you're listening to this one, in, in networking, I mean, I think it's vital for anybody working in the in the professional world. Unless you're a, a an artist that's self, you know, famous already and you can do whatever you want. Uh in exp- what do they call it? Aspario? No. Whatever. Uh you pretty much have to work with other people and networking is a technique or a tool uh both within your immediate group that you're working with but more importantly outside your group to allow you to keep to learn, keep learning and to engage and to support other people and help you and build the relationships. So they're willing to help you. And, and I think the old adage, Greg, uh, you know, what goes around comes around um, applies in here, but that might be a subject for a whole nother episode. But um, if you're listening to this and, and you had some thoughts or ideas or, you know, some in, input to this thing, we'd sure like sure like to hear from you. Uh, if you have would like to hear more about, you know, do's and don'ts of networking in the modern day. We we could probably put our heads together and do some of that. Okay. And also, if you've got suggestions of how our respective sites could help, you know, help you in this effort of, of networking, uh, we certainly would be interested in that. But let us know. Head over to com slash go slash S-O-R, or you can find Greg or I, Uh, on LinkedIn of all places or our about pages on our, our sites. So there's plenty of ways for you to get in touch with us. Um, You know, Greg, we've been, uh, I don't know, we've been having, you know, at minimum monthly conversations, but weekly conversations for, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years, something like that.
1: Yep. 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 Yeah.
0: And if that's not networking, I don't know what is, but it, it, it blurs the line with friendship and colleagues and support group at times. It covers all those grounds. So I I certainly appreciate it and hope we can continue our networking
2: ways.
1: (laughs) It's fun. Uh, It's great to uh, meet people. And I would challenge every one of our listeners to think broadly about what you can give and what you need and uh, just do it.
0: Yep, well said. All right, thanks, Greg. We'll talk
1: to you soon. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it bye
0: Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation. If you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show, please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a
2: note as part of a review on iTunes.